Hey, what's up, everybody? My name is DJ Martin, church pastor at Parker Ford Church, and welcome to our new midweek teaching series on the Bible called Regarding Scripture. We actually launched this series last week where we asked the question, why should we read the Bible? And today we're asking the question, what is the purpose of the Bible? Why does the Bible exist? This midweek teaching series is being done in collaboration with North Point and Daybreak Churches. And in the coming weeks, you'll be hearing not only from myself, but also the leaders of Daybreak and North Point. Last week in the introduction, I'd encourage you, if you haven't listened or watched that one, to start there before continuing in today's teaching, because they kind of build on one another. But last week, when we asked the question, why should we read the Bible? Uh, we looked at four of the challenges that any reader of the Bible faces, and it's the challenge of the distance of time. The Bible was written a long, long time ago. Uh, the distance of culture. Uh, the Bible was written from a different cultural standpoint. Uh, thirdly, the challenge of geography. And fourthly, the challenge of the Bible being written in a different language or different languages. So any modern reader of the Bible faces all of these challenges. And so why, why should we read the Bible if it takes so much work? We have to time travel and we have to travel to a different culture and we have to travel to a different geography. We have to uh, work through different languages every time we read the Bible. Well, it's because the Bible is the revelation of Jesus Christ. It's what, it's this source for how we know Jesus and know his ways. And so today, the next question I want to ask about the Bible is what is the purpose of the Bible? And this is a really important question for us to ask because the Bible throughout history has been misused. People have claimed uh, for it different purposes than its actual purpose. For instance, the Bible has been weaponized to condone things like slavery or abuse of women or awful things, the, the consolidation of power by certain leaders, uh, racism against uh, different ethnic groups, all in the name of the Bible. But, but uh, for those of us who believe that the Bible is the revelation of God, and specifically it's the source point for the revelation of Jesus Christ, we understand that there's, there's actually a deeper purpose for the Bible. The Bible has a beautiful redemptive purpose. And so what is the purpose of the Bible? There's going to be four things that we lay out today, but I want to start with what the Bible is not. Because in our popular culture, the Bible uh, is often talked about in some rather silly ways and problematic ways. And so, uh, number one, the Bible is not a book of life hacks. <laughs> it is a book of wisdom. It's not a book of life hacks to make our lives easier. If you were to walk through uh, your local uh, Christian bookstore and look at uh, many of the books about the Bible, some of them would kind of point to the Bible as if it was a book of life hacks. Here's seven steps to a healthy marriage or four ways to guarantee success when parenting difficult children. That is not the purpose of the Bible. It is a book of wisdom. It does not exist to make our life easier. And if we take the Bible seriously, it'll probably make our lives harder <laughs> in, in many ways. Secondly, while the Bible does contain life-giving principles, it is not a rule book. That is not the purpose of the Bible. It does contain rules, um, principles, but it does not hand out rules that address every situation we'll face in life. It's not a comprehensive rule book. Again, if you would go to your Christian local Christian bookstore, you would see books about the Bible that would probably uh, point to it as if it's a divinely inspired rule book. Again, that's not the purpose, the main purpose of the Bible. Uh, thirdly, uh, while the Bible does contain story, biography, and history, it is not a historical textbook, at least in the modern sense of uh, a history textbook. Let me give you an example of this. I do believe the Bible contains true history. For example, the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, 
all four of them, they are the main and basically the only source for the life teaching um, and the way of Jesus. They are how we know Jesus. They contain real actual history about the person of Jesus who actually lived, who actually taught, who actually died, and was actually raised from the dead and ascended into heaven. So they do contain history, but they're theological history written a long time ago by people who were in a different culture and had a different set of questions than a modern historian would ask. So a modern historian, if they had direct access to the life of Jesus, would probably ask some different questions. They would have been want to know exact dates. They would want to know exact locations. They wouldn't want to have verified quotes backed up by multiple witnesses with source material and all that sort of thing. Again, the New Testament writers, the gospel writers were writing from a very different cultural standpoint with different expectations. And so the Bible is not a historical textbook in the sense that we would uh, think of modern histories today. It is also not a science textbook. It's not. The Bible is not a science textbook. That's not its purpose. The, the discipline of science did not exist. Um, the modern discipline of science did not exist uh, when the Bible was being composed and written. Before you throw anything at the screen or start yelling at me, depending on what side of the culture war you may be on, uh, hear me out for a second. So an example of this would be in the Old Testament, uh, in the Psalms, the Psalms describe the universe and describe the earth. And sometimes the Psalms describe the earth as flat with a firmament over it uh, and the sun revolving around the earth. Now we know that the earth is in fact round, <laughs> that it is in space, uh, in the cosmos and outer space, uh, that it is surrounded by an atmosphere and that the earth is traveling around the sun, not the other way around. Does that mean that the Bible is uh, in error? Does that mean the Bible is wrong? No, of course not. The, the purpose of those Psalms is not to describe with exact scientific precision the way that the earth scientifically works. They were describing what they could see and what they could experience from their unique viewpoint and standpoint in history. The purpose of those Psalms is to reveal the glory of God. When I look up at the stars, when I think about the heavens and I think about who man is, the purpose of the Bible is always to reveal, uh, to reveal the character of God. So the Bible is not primarily a life hack book. It's not a rule book. Um, it is not a modern history, historical textbook, and it's not a modern uh, historical science book. In our popular culture today, it's often treated as if it's one of those things or all of those things. So what is the Bible? What is the intended purpose of the Bible? Such a good, important question for us to wrestle through today as followers of Jesus. Four things that I want to point out that uh, get at the heart of why the Bible exists. And uh, these four things I wholeheartedly agree with, but I'm uh, borrowing from New Testament theologian Michael Byrd's book, Seven Things I Wish Every Christian Knew About the Bible. You can pick up a copy of this. It's short, it's easy, but it's excellent book about the Bible. And so he has a chapter in there about the purpose of the Bible, and he lays out four things. We're going to look at those uh, quickly, and then we'll look at each one in a little bit more depth. Number one, scripture teaches us knowledge of God. Number two, scripture brings people to a point of faith. Number three, scripture leads us to a growing love for God and love for others. And number four, scripture imparts endurance to persevere in hope. This, like these four things combined, they get at the heart of why the Bible exists, the purpose. What is it intended for? Why did God give it to us? All right, so let's look at each of them in turn. Scripture teaches us knowledge of God. 
This is both uh, informational knowledge that takes place in our minds and experiential relational uh, knowledge of God that takes place in our hearts and souls. So a silly example of this is I know Will Smith. I know of Will Smith and I know of Chris Rock and I know of <laughs> the altercation that took place this past weekend at the Oscars between the, these two men. But do I actually know them? And do they know me from a relational standpoint? Of course not. They don't even know I exist. And so I can't really know someone on a relational level who doesn't even know I exist, no matter. And this is a problem in our hyper-connected internet world is that we think we know people that we don't know because you can't actually know someone if they don't know you. So I know Will Smith and I know Chris Rock, but I don't actually know them. Um, I do know my wife, Julie, (laughs) because she knows me and I know her and we have a relational experience. This is the purpose of the Bible. The purpose of the Bible is not just to give us head knowledge of God, though it does want to impart to us information about God, true information about God. The purpose of the Bible is to teach us uh, experiential relational knowledge of God. So Michael Byrne says this, and this is such, I, I just wholeheartedly endorse this statement by Michael Byrne. Knowledge of God begins with knowledge of scripture. As much as I wish that knowledge of God could begin with me wandering off into the desert and having some sort of supernatural experience induced by hallucinogenic drugs, <laughs> like, not that I actually wish that, I'm just saying, like, I wish there was like uh, simple ways sometimes. It, it's just not how God has laid things out. Knowledge of God begins with the knowledge that's laid out of God in the scriptures. So the more you know the scripture, the more you know God. Now, this knowledge is meant to be relational. So it can lead to these deep relational experiences. For instance, God may speak to us in, in dreams or uh, through relationships with other people or through uh, books about the Bible or devotionals or whatever. God can speak in all sorts of ways, but it begins as Michael Bird says, knowledge of God begins with knowledge of the scripture. So the more you know of the scripture, the more you know of God. This knowledge is necessary if we are to have a relationship with God, to be in covenant with him, to be his children, to know his son, Jesus Christ, and to experience the illuminating work of the Holy Spirit. A lack of knowledge is not just ignorance, it is alienation from God, estrangement from God's love, and separation from God's offer of reconciliation. So number one, the scriptures teach us knowledge, relational and informational, experiential knowledge of the living God. Number two, scriptures bring, uh, scripture brings people to a point of faith. And uh, if you've been tracking with my teaching for any length of time, you know that I put a lot of, uh, a lot of weight behind the idea that faith, the, the Greek word for faith is pistis. And one of the primary ways of translating pistis is allegiance. And so scripture brings people to a point of allegiance in Jesus. Like who is the king that we follow and who are we putting our allegiance in? So scripture brings people to a point of faith that's belief, but it's also our heart posture towards him. One thing Michael Bird writes, one thing that scripture does, no surprises here, is bring people to a point of faith. According to St. John the Evangelist, so this is from the Gospel of John, the end, at the end of the book, at the end of the Gospel of John, uh, the Apostle John writes the purpose for why he wrote his gospel. And he says this in John chapter 20, verse 31, these things are written that you may believe that Jesus is Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. In other words, these things are written to bring us to a point of faith in Jesus. Number three, 
scripture leads us to a growing love for God and love for others. And if you are a follower of Jesus, uh, no surprise here, right? One of the distinctive features, Michael Bird writes, of Jesus's ministry was the role he assigned to love. The function of scripture, when combined with Jesus's kingdom message, leads uh, was to lead people to a double love, love for God and love for others. So the Bible exists to teach us knowledge of God. The Bible exists to bring us to a point of faith in God. The Bible uh, exists to lead us to a growing love of God and love of others. And fourthly, the Bible exists. Scripture imparts endurance to persevere in hope. The Apostle Paul in the book of Romans at the end of the book in chapter 15 actually gives a purpose statement for the Bible. Uh, um, so this is from Romans chapter 15, verse four, the apostle Paul says for everything that was written in the past. Now the apostle Paul here in this statement is referring to the Hebrew scriptures, the old Testament. So he says, everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through the endurance taught in scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope Romans 15 4 and then Michael Bird says of this passage the purpose of scripture according to Paul is to impart to us endurance and hope and so the four things uh, the four reasons of why the Bible exists are to number one teach us knowledge of God or wisdom this is you know wisdom is the fear of the Lord it's the knowledge of God so it's, the, it's a book of wisdom to teach us wisdom and the way of God knowledge relational information of God number two scripture um, exists so that it might bring us to a point of faith. Number three, scripture leads us to a growing love for God and love for others. And number four, scripture imparts uh, endurance to persevere in hope. So if you look at these four things, hopefully you see that the primary purpose of the Bible is not a life hack book or a rule book or to be a modern historical textbook, although it does contain true history, or a, a modern science textbook although it does speak about the nature of reality and the nature of the cosmos. The purpose of the Bible is to teach us relational, informational, experiential knowledge of God, to bring us to a point of faith, to lead us in growing love for God and love for others, and to impart to us endurance and perseverance that we might persevere in hope in God. Michael Bird writes in the same chapter, it is scripture under the Holy Spirit's guidance and with the tutelage of our church's traditions that enables us to achieve genuine and lasting transformation. It is by soaking ourselves in scripture that we cultivate virtue, curate our character, and conform ourselves to the pattern of Christ. You can describe this in technical theological words like sanctification or with general descriptions like godliness. If we engage in consistent and wise readings of the Bible, individually and communally, then we hopefully, then hopefully we will reap many of the benefits of marinating our minds in scripture. And that's my hope and prayer for you as, and us, as we engage the Bible, that we would grow in our sanctification, that we would grow in our godliness, uh, that as we engage in consistent and wise readings of the Bible by ourselves and with others, that we would reap these benefits and marinate our minds in scripture. What a beautiful statement. If I were to put the purpose of the Bible in my own words, so wholeheartedly agreeing with these four things that Michael Bird lays out, this is how I would say in my own words. And so these are DJ's words. What's the purpose of the Bible? The purpose of the Bible is to reveal the nature and story of God. So that's that relational, informational, experiential knowledge. So it's to reveal the nature and story of God most clearly through the life example and teachings of Jesus. Colossians 1, it says, Jesus is the image of the invisible God. 
and to model for us how to live out the way of Jesus, how to model our very lives, not as a like hack book, not as a rule book, but as an example for how we live like Jesus, walk out the way of Jesus. So the purpose of the Bible is to reveal the nature and story of God, most clearly through the life example and teachings of Jesus, and to model for us how to live out the way of Jesus. So knowledge of God, faith in God, love of God, endurance, and hope. Faith, hope, love, wisdom. So as we read the Bible, here's the question I want to leave us with. As we engage the Bible, are we growing in knowledge? Are we growing in faith? Are we growing in love? Are we growing in our endurance? And are we growing in hope? If so, then the Bible is producing the very fruit within us uh, that it is intended to do. And so just personalize this question for a moment. As you engage the scriptures, is it puffing you up with pride because you're getting more information and more knowledge than anybody else? Or you're right and the other people on the other side of the argument are wrong. That's not the purpose of the Bible. Are you using the Bible as a life hack book or a rule book? Purpose of the Bible is that you might know God and be known by him. Purpose of the Bible is to bring you to a point of faith in Jesus. Purpose of the Bible is to grow your love for God and grow for grow your love for others. And the purpose of the Bible is to grow your endurance and your hope in Jesus. So I pray that all of these things are happening in your life. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, next week, we'll be back with um, another key question about the Bible. Hope to see you then. Go with God. Have a great day.